classic 80s metal. Symphonic death metal opera. But I've got to be in the mood to listen to Black Sabbath. Many of our listeners weren't even born then. Back for time, it was very progressive. I can see there are thrash elements. You are a metal paradox. A stunning vision of death metal. I would listen to it over and over and over again today. It just seems so dated. I hear this more as operatic and goth. Florianson will surpass Halford as the iconic heavy metal singer. You're listening to The Great Metal Debate Podcast. All right, folks, welcome to The Great Metal Debate Podcast. I am Brian, and as always, Gomfog is with us. Gomfog, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, Brian. I'm here middle of Kentucky and metal is everywhere. Dude, being in the middle of Kentucky and metal being everywhere, that's a pretty good life, man. We're going to go over a couple of metal topics, some things that we've just kind of pulled out of the air, and we're going to discuss them. Yeah, man. Well, I actually thought I'd just toss out for you and try to get your response to this uh, thing that happened to me the other day. Just sitting in my living room, I was listening to Sabaton, great band that I uh, got to hear uh, a little over a month ago in Columbus, uh, listening to some of the uh, music off their Carlos Rex album. And, yeah. and my wife comes in the living room and she says, I listen to your music and I always think of that band Epica. Because every one of the bands you listen to is trying to go for some epic sound. And I thought I would toss that out to you, Brian, because I don't think you agree with that. I don't think that you think that metal has to be epic. I think that metal appeals to who it appeals to. I think it's a big sound. I think that every band that we listen to attempts to be epic. I'm not sure that they have to make it there in order to be liked. And I'm not even sure that they care to be liked. Here's part of the problem that I have with the sound that you listen to. They have a very similar sound. The symphonic metal, the European, uh, Norwegian melodic death metal, they all have a very similar sound to me, and it's difficult for me to separate those bands in that sound. It was interesting to me that my wife, she recognized that bands as completely different as Sabaton and Epica are still going for that same thing. It's the M in metal. It's the first thing I've identified as essential to metal, Brian. Majestic sound. Yeah, and I would think that that I might agree with you in that bands try to be epic and majestic. I think we have different definitions of what that means. Yeah, so give me, maybe hearkening back to your time in the ancient 80s, what, what's a band that you think was epic back then? I think Priest was epic back then. I think they defined the sound early in the 80s. I think they were the leader of the 80s British metal invasion. And I think they set the tone for that particular decade. And to me, every time I hear Priest, it reminds me of that time. It defines that time for me. That sound is defined and epic because of who they are. Brian, I totally agree with you on one hand about Priest being epic. I totally disagree where you pigeonhole them into the, quote, 80s, which I know is your preferred narrative that somehow metal originated, blossomed, and then died after the 80s. That's not what happened. I think of two songs 
Tyrant, and Genocide, the classic priest metal songs that are from the 70s, both of which are indeed epic, but neither of which had anything to do with the 80s. Yeah, and I refer to the Nostradamus album, which I've listened to in its entirety this week, and say there's nothing epic about that sound. It sounds like, well, it sounds like Sabaton to me. You think that Nostradamus sounds like Sabaton? I, That's I, interesting because, I mean, to me, Nostradamus is a symphonic metal album. I would completely agree. I would say that Sabaton, although I, I have to give Sabaton a little credit, I appreciate their enthusiasm and I appreciate their their presence, but I still hear that synth metal sound in it, and I hear the same sound. Now, when I say the same sound, I don't mean they literally sound the same. I mean that same genre sound out of Nostradamus that I hear out of the Sabaton songs that I, that I listen to. And it, when I hear that sound, I tend to lump all those in the same group. There's one band I would liken Sabaton to. Can you guess what that one band is? Not in a million years. What is it? Man of War. Really? Sabaton is the modern Man of War. I would say that they have maybe the same idea of trying to be epic and mythological and hail and kill to the warrior. I see that part of it. I don't see the sound being similar. To me, Sabaton is what Man of War would have been if Man of War had begun in the 90s. I mean, they are the modern Man of War. They've taken the sound and concept of Man of War to the next level. Maybe, but coulda, woulda, shoulda, man. Man of War has their own distinct sound. Maybe they're attempting to be epic in the same way, but I definitely don't hear similarities in the sound. By the way, here's a plug for the Great Metal Debate. There's a very special Man of War-related interview coming up on the Great Metal Debate. I encourage our listeners to check it out. Hey, man, let's go on to another question that you had asked me about earlier, and I said, hey, let's hold this for the podcast. Yeah, let's talk about a question that I proposed to you that has become relevant for me, especially this week and some of the stuff that I've been listening to. Tell me, Gomfog, do you think that punk music has a place with the metal genre? Well, Brian, in answer to that question, I'm going to ask the people who can speak most to this. My friends back here on my CD rack... Let me go back here. Pulling from my original Judas Priest albums. Okay. The British Steel album. Oh, probably the second best album ever. And Brian, I gaze upon the cover, perhaps the ultimate metal statement. A leather-clad hand gripping a razor blade. Oh man, that image is burned in my mind. An image that is built upon a critique of punk music. British Steel was a reaction against the punk music of that era. Judas Priest was basically giving the metal finger to the punk community, saying, you're all about razor blades. We are going to take your iconic image and transform it into the iconic image of heavy metal. A razor blade is metal, and we are going to take that from you, abscond with your iconic image, and bring it into the metal fold. I'll tell you, Brian, the answer to your question is no. Punk and metal are entirely different. Okay, that's a fair answer. A couple things. Hang on. That typing you hear is me looking up the word abscond. Now, in deference to Judas Priest, one of the greatest metal albums ever, British Steel. I love it. 
but they don't necessarily define for me whether punk has a place in metal or not. I think that punk would say, F you, we don't care whether you think we have a place or not. And I like that part of it. Very quickly run for me the M-E-T-A-L. What does that mean? M, majestic sound. E, extreme vocals. T, terrible notes. A, allegiance. L, lyrical darkness. Dude, I think that punk meets all of those qualities. The argument you could have against that is the majestic, but I think it's the actual majestic that punk stands up against, man. They're saying we don't have to be majestic. We, we can be what we are. I entirely agree, Brian. And Brian, as just someone who appreciates art, I truly appreciate creating simplicity. What punk creates is something very simple. And I, I, I really appreciate that they do that. But that's not at all. That's 180 degrees from what metal musicians try to do. Oh. Metal musicians don't try to make something simple. What they create is grand and complex. I think they're epic in their search to say F the epic. We are what we are. I appreciate that brotherhood united, the distortion of the guitars. I have to look at the sound. I have to look at the music created by the people who play the instruments. For me, that is a quintessential part of metal. And I think that punk, although a separate genre, can be included under the guise of metal slash hard rock. I, I just do. This is where you and I, it's almost like we're talking a different language. It's not like I don't appreciate that what they're doing is incredible. I, I really do think that punk musicians, let's talk about the Misfits, they're incredible musicians. What they have created is amazing. But it's, entire, it's, it's anathema to the mindset behind metal. You listen to a song like Genocide by Judas Priest, and a, a punk fan or punk musician would look in that and say, no. I, I mean, it would be like in the art world, someone looking at cubism and, and comparing that to the realists and saying, well, that's really all the same thing. No, it's not the same thing. They're trying to create something entirely different. But yet, members of the art world, would you agree? I'm not saying it's not music. I agree. Punk is music. I don't think that music is the umbrella with which we define that music. I think that metal is the umbrella with which we define that music. I would say misfits and fans of the misfits would have a big problem with being lumped in as metal, just as I think most fans of Judas Priest would have a hard time uh, being lumped in with fans of the Misfits. Fair enough. I don't know that we're going to agree on this issue. I mean, maybe personal feelings come into this, because I would not label the Misfits as punk. I know I'm going to get some okay. shit over that. No, I mean, that's fine. I, they label themselves as punk. Although, I, of course, because of the ironic nature of their music, they would eschew all labels. Yeah, I, th I agree with that. Uh, that. That part I would agree with. Metalheads, on the other hand, don't eschew labels. Metalheads want to identify as heavy metal. And again, that's another distinguishing characteristic that metalheads want to be identified as their category, whereas other genres, punk or alternative, really want to somewhat get away from category.
And I think that even though there's some differing opinions on what constitutes metal, I think that we can label this as a general style of music. We can't all agree on the definition, but that's the point. We'll have to agree to disagree on this, because there's no way in hell that you are right about this. All right, Gomthog, what was one of the things that you wanted to talk about this week? You know, we've done a couple of interviews, and we've got a couple of great interviews coming up, as you mentioned. Let's talk a little bit about Cam Pipes and Brittany Slade. Oh, man, I reviewed those today. Both excellent interviews. I mean, they both had a lot to say. Well, I mean, you should check them out for yourself, but let's talk about them. You know, I had a chance to see Three Inches of Blood opening for Goat Whore, and I was feeling bad that day. It didn't make the trip down to Nashville to see it. I so, so regret that. They are so talented, and I, I really, I wish I could go back in time, and even even feeling like crap, I wish I'd gone down there to see them because they are so talented. Cam Pipe's such a good vocalist. Oh, dude. Man, Three Inches of Blood is it has become one of my favorite bands. I love their style. You know, I love their, I love the sort of thrash element to some of their music. I love their topics of their songs. And, and Cam, you, you are absolutely right. Cam has a distinct style. We talk about that. You know, I, I asked him if he ever had blown out his voice, you know, because if you listen to him, I mean, that's a nut grabber voice. You know, you can't reach those notes without some sort of help, but, but he manages to do it every single song. Yeah, I would say Three Inches of Blood is one of the bands that it harkens back enough to your preferred style yeah. of, quote, 80s metal that it's acceptable to you, uh, yet modern enough that I can enjoy it. I mean, I do think they appeal to a wide range. You know, one of the things that I loved about Cam Pipes, and you can hear this in the interview, is he's very loyal to the fans that listen to that band. You know, they're road warriors. You check out uh, Warriors of the Great White North, the video that they have on the Vimeo. Uh, and if you just go to Vimeo and type in Warriors of the Great White North, you can get to that video. I mean, they talk about being on the road for 12 to 16 hours, and that's the norm for them. But they do it day in and day out. Why? Because they love the lifestyle, they love the music they play, and they appreciate the fans that listen to their music. That was one of the things that I loved about these guys. Brian, you'll recall in one of our earlier episodes, we talked about one of their songs, uh-huh. and I made the statement that I really enjoyed Three Inches of Blood. Mm-hmm. However, I kind of mitigated that praise with, wouldn't call it criticism, but I said, what Three Inches of Blood does isn't unique or new, and so I can't put them among the great metal bands. You know, I, I mean, that, that's where I kind of get into some of the difficulty with your processes. I don't necessarily have to put in order, you know, the top 20 lists are great, they're fun, but I don't necessarily have to have them at number one or number 10 or number 20 to enjoy them. This is where I love my view of metal over yours, Gomthog. If I enjoy it, I enjoy it. I don't have to rank it, classify it, categorize it, put a number to it. I just like it. So all that said, and looking forward to our list of top 50 metal bands of all time, Brian, would you rank Three Inches of Blood among your top 50 metal bands? Man, that's a great question. Right now, I'm going to say yes. I really enjoy all their music. I listen to every one of their albums, every one of their songs. Here's the best way. I know you hate this, but I'm going to say it. Dude, when I listen to Three Inches of Blood, they grab me by the balls and they get me going. 
and that's what I love in my music. We've talked about doing a top 50 bands list, and I've been really struggling with who to put on and who not to include. I have a list, Brian, of about 400 metal bands, and this is really, really difficult to determine which ones make the cut and which ones don't. I, honest to God, Gomfog, appreciate how much effort you put into these lists and these definitions and these categories. But I would be lying to you if I told you that I do that. My top 50 changes daily, and I don't have a problem with that. I enjoy it or I don't. I don't have to rank it 1, 2, or 47. I just put it on a list of things that I listen to because it inspires and sparks in me the feeling that metal gets me. But, Brian, you have to admit, if you heard such and such band is going to be playing in, I don't know, Benton, Kentucky, real close to you, there are certain bands you'd say, I've got to go. I have to go there. I mean, to me, that that top 50 list. What are the bands that, no matter the circumstances, you have to go see them? I just don't think of it that way. I mean, it's strange to me that you put it in that fashion. I would say, do I enjoy that band or not? And if I do, i got to go see them, no matter what they rank in. I mean, and there are some that are epic. There are some that are for sures. But there are others that depend on the day and the time that I, that I, that I come across them. Let's, let's, uh, okay, let's, let's get back to the topic, Gumfog. Uh, of the interviews. Uh, Brittany Slate, she was a very genuine, uh, very honest interview. I loved how she talked about her process of becoming part of a band, you know, writing her music. Everything about that interview in, uh, just was very metal to me. Actually, you brought that uh, and Unleash the Archer song to the podcast. I really didn't know them. You did the interview. I, I didn't know much about her. But man, after that, I've become a huge fan of Unleash the Archers. So when I checked out online and heard that they had played Out of the Silent Planet by Iron Maiden yeah. live, I, I just totally resonated with her and her band. And, you know, leave it to you and Britney Slays to select a, an obscure Iron Maiden song. But I don't... It's not obscure! It's not Brave New World! Yeah, that's my point. But that doesn't matter to me. I mean, I appreciate that. You know, she talks about her epiphany moment of metal becoming part of her life, and it, and it starts with Iron Maiden. You know, um, of course. And, of course, Brian, I'll say, when we get to our list of top 50 metal bands, Iron Maiden is going to be very high on my list. They are very high on a lot of lists. They will definitely make my list. Listen, one of the things I loved about the interview with Britney Slays is how she talks about, uh, you know, the writing process. And, and that's something I found that a lot of the people that I interviewed have in common. It's a collaborative effort. It's always amazing to me how different people sit down with different ideas about what sounds good and come up with a song. It'd be like if you and I sat down to write a song. I'm not sure we could ever come to a conclusion about what would sound good, but that's what makes a good band. They all agree or at least are willing to entertain that idea. And I think you hear that in Britney Slay's Unleash the Archer music and in Cam Pipe's Three Inches of Blood music. Two completely different sounding bands, but the process is the same. Brian, I don't think we would ever come to an agreement. If we did, it would be the ultimate metal song. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Maybe that's something we we should do. 
But we would never come to an agreement. Well, I can't help it if you're, like, challenged when it comes to good metal. All right. John Thog, I think we can both agree. Two great interviews from the Great Metal Debate podcast. Yeah, man. We just want to thank all the folks who have been keeping up with us on Facebook. Encourage them to continue to communicate with us. Tell us what you want to hear about. Tell us who you want us to interview. Tell us what you want us to talk about. And most importantly, I just want to shout out to people who call Brian a creep on Facebook. That gets a like from me. And I encourage anyone who wants to call Brian a creep on Facebook to continue to do so. I want to talk about upcoming concerts and tours, Gomfog. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm really excited. The biggest one for me, my all-time favorite metal band, Judas Priest, is going to release some music in 2014. They've already released the single, uh, Redeemer, Redeemer of, of Souls. Souls. Already they have confirmed a date in Texas at the Fun 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 Fest, uh, which is an odd thing for metal musicians to be at, which is a mix of a mix of musical styles including rap, hip-hop, and all sorts of things, and comedians. I don't know how they got on board there, but anyway, I'm hoping to see some other dates, hopefully some east of the Mississippi, that I might be able to attend. Dude, I am so glad that you brought this, this topic to the table. I mean, Judas Priest and King Diamond will be sharing a stage with Nas and Death Cab for Cutie. Slayer at the Riot Fest in September will be sharing a stage with bands that have nothing to do with metal. Do you see this as a good thing for metal or a bad thing for metal? That's a great question, Brian. I mean, ultimately, as a metal fan, my hope would be that metal bands are able to come together and create festivals and touring products that fit exclusively for metal fans. The reality of the modern world is that you've got to take what you can. Okay, my only issue with that is, if you ask me, Priest doesn't have to accept venues that are available. Priest is going to get promoted and signed to play whatever shows they want. I, I guess the question I'm really asking, is there a place for music genre integration and tolerance among metal fans? Or do you think metal fans are going to be resistant to this type of show? I mean, because you know that there's some rap kid out there that's going to come to all three days of the Fun Fun Fest and go, what in the F have I walked into when King Diamond <laughs> takes the stage? As I would be, as a metal fan coming who thinks King Diamond is a god, and I have zero interest in any of the other things that are provided at this venue. From a promoter's point of view, that's part of the interest in doing that. I mean, honestly, that's part of your issue, Brian, in the 80s, where you lump a bunch of different bands and say that, for instance, you said Whitesnake before was metal. No, they were on tours with other metal bands, but they're not metal. But from a promoter's point of view, they don't care about the music. They just care about creating different mixes and matches that maximize the number of people who are willing to come to an event. Yeah, first of all, I would say that Whitesnake is an 80s metal band. That's why I lumped them in with that, which falls under the umbrella of heavy metal, just like punk music does. There's a line I'm not willing to cross. Here's the thing. I don't think Nas and Death Cab for Cutie are bands that I want to hear. I'm not sure that this is a good idea. I think that the people that like the particular genres of music will stick to the bands that they like. 
they might hear an occasional song that they like, but I'm not sure that it's going to make for good festival, good concert material. I totally disagree with that, Brian. I mean, Austin, Texas is probably too far for me to go. Realistically, financially for me, the uh, being able to make that trip, pay for everything that would be necessary to see those bands probably won't happen. Uh-huh. If it were Atlanta, Georgia, it would be a no-brainer. I would be there. Same lineup. Yeah, I want to refer you back to your definition of fan, fanatical, willing to die. If you ask me, a fan should be willing to go to Austin, even if it means financial ruin. <laughs> I appreciate that how you hold how you hold my fingers to the fire there. I mean the reality is I've seen Judas Priest nine times. I've traveled thousands of miles to see Judas Priest. I hope to see them on this tour. I believe that they will play east of the Mississippi. Yes. At this point I'm not willing, nor am I sure that the lady who controls my purse strings is willing for me to travel three days to Austin, Texas. Yeah, I'm not sure it's the purse strings that she's got in her hands, but we'll go with that for now. You know, I appreciate that, man. But th- that's kind of my point. You know, fanatics, fans, I'm not sure they cross genres when it comes to music. I'm not sure you would hear Nas sing any songs that you would appreciate. Or I'm not sure you, that you would hear White Snake. Let's let's use White Snake as an example. Okay, I'm not that, sure that you, you would hear Nas or White Snake. To me, it could be Nas or White Snake. Okay, I can guarantee uh, either you either one or they're equivalent to me. I don't care about either one. Yeah, I can guarantee you this for a random number. Fifty percent of the metal fans out there, they would appreciate White Snake more than they would appreciate Nas. Maybe I don't know. It's a different genre. Suffice to say that recent or upcoming concerts and tours have changed. Festivals are the rave, and festivals are where it's at. And festivals are changing to include many different genres. Which brings us, Brian, to the issue about the geography of metal. We recently on Facebook had a post with a map, a literal map of the world that showed the number of metal bands per thousand people. Yes. You won't be surprised that the U.S., Canada, Europe were very high. The Scandinavian countries were off the charts with the number of metal bands. Yes, yes. I will say, as a metal fan, the best place to live is Europe, either in the Scandinavian countries or or close by, which if, if you're in Europe, you're close to the Scandinavian countries, or in Canada, particularly the Montreal area, Those are the best places to be a metal fan. Wow, this was a tough topic for me because I I don't want anyone to think that I'm excluding them, but I like the good old U.S. of A. for straight up power, thrash, metal, that kind of music that I listen to. Canada has a style all its own, and I love Canada. I love those areas up around Montreal, Regina, Vancouver, Each of them has their own scene, very thriving, very talented, and very enjoyable. But for me, I love, even in the newer bands, I love the sound of American metal. I couldn't disagree more, Brian. To me, metal that comes out of the United States, a few bands accepted, is total crap. 
If a band doesn't come from Canada or Europe, generally I don't listen to it. And even the bands that do come from the U.S., let's talk about Camelot. And I'm a Cam fan, you know that. Yeah. They're basically a European band. They happen to be founded in Florida and Tampa, but they're a European band. That's where their fans are. That's where a number of their members are from. They're a European band. So you like the particular sound uh, of, a, of bands that come from certain sections of the world. You like the European sound. You like the Canadian sound more than you like the American sound. That's exactly right, because they understand metal. Yeah, I would reverse that 180 degrees and say that your views on that are stupid. <laughs> Do you care to elaborate on that? I'm not sure I need to. You know what, man? I'm not going to sit here and say that, that the European and Canadian metal bands are stupid. I, you know, I, 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 just, I just did that to get at you. But there's something for me about that American power metal sound. But, Brian... Americans aren't making power metal anymore. Most of the American metal bands tend to be metalcore. Metal to the core. You know, I would point out the fact that you just went to a concert this week where you talked about it being the ultimate power metal band, a band that, I take it, you enjoy. I mean, did you enjoy that concert? Hell yes. The uber-German band Primal Fear was amazing. And yet, they didn't originate in Germany, did they? Yes. Primal Fear is a German band. Oh, I think it's California bands where they originated, right? They were selling t-shirts at the venue that said, Primal Fear, Germany. So, no. Okay, forget I said that. I'm not going to prove your point for you. <laughs> so, we both like a particular sound. Those sounds come from different places in the world. I think we both can agree that America, Canada, and Europe are the places that produce some of the most amazing metal. I like the sound of America more than I like the sound of, nah, I don't know, I'm such a fan of Canadian metal these days, it's hard for me to say this, but I do like the American sound more than I like the Canadian-European sound. Be honest, Brian, you like the metalcore sound. It's the issue that we talked about earlier about punk music. The hardcore punk element that leads to metalcore is something that you like. I like the power metal sound. I'm not going to say I like the metalcore sound. I like power metal and thrash metal. So you like a band like Camelot? I would not label Camelot in either one of those. You wouldn't say that Camelot's power metal? No, not, not at all. I, I would label them in some of their music as symphonic. No, they certainly have symphonic elements. There's no question about that. Yeah. I would say that Camelot is a power metal band and that they are not that distant from a band like Primal Fear. Oh, my God. There's two totally different sounds there. You cannot be serious. You think that those two yeah. bands sound alike? I've seen both those bands in the past six months. That's irrelevant. And the answer is yes. Oh, my God. Why, why do you mean it's irrelevant? It's irrelevant that I saw them in person and can compare in person the performance? It's not whether or not you were there for the live performance. It's what do they I sound would, like. They have two distinct, different sounds. So name a thrash band that is more like Primal Fear than Camelot. That is more like Primal Fear than Camelot? Yes. Because I would say you're, Three you're, Inches you're, of Blood is more like Primal Fear than Camelot. 
I wouldn't say that Three Inches of Blood is a, quote, thrash band. They integrate some elements of thrash. I ask you, name a thrash band. I just don't see that any there's any thrash band that is more similar to Primal Fear than is Camelot. I would say that Exodus sounds more like Primal Fear than Camelot. Now, now there you and I would have a total disagreement. I, Exodus is one of the quintessential thrash bands. I would say that definitely, without question, Camelot is more like Primal Fear than is Exodus. I would say you're very mistaken on that point. No, that's the great metal debate right there. Those points where you and I just have to part ways. I mean, you see the world in one way and I see it in another. And I think that's actually great. I, I, I don't have a problem with that. I just have a problem with you. Hey, dude, healthy debate is always good. I want to encourage the Great Mental Debate listeners to put in your two cents. I get freaking tired of listening to Gomfall. So, tell us what you think about the topics we discussed this week, and let's get your input. All right, the Great Mental Debate. This is Brian. And this is Gomfall. Signing out.